Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, a survey carried out by an Irish dating site has spotted an interesting inconsistency. Now, this is among straight single people over the age of 35. A majority question said that the ideal amount of previous partners for a prospective partner for them would be between four and eight. That meaning they'd like to date someone who's had between four and eight partners. Yet a majority of those questions said they'd had nine to 14 partners. Ashling Loy is a sexual health doctor. Good afternoon, Ashling. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, now, uh, one of the concerns, or at least one of the reasons these people gave uh, was that they'd be worried about STIs. Is there any kind of correlation between the amount of partners you've had and, you know, the possibility that you might get an STI? There is so, there is a bit of a correlation. Obviously, it is a numbers game. So the more sex you're having with more partners, the higher risk you will have of having an STI. However, I've met plenty of people who have only had oral sex, never had penetrative sex and got an STI that way. Um, I've met people who've got an STI the first time they've ever had sex. So, you know, it's not, um, it doesn't sort of hold true on an individual basis, but generally speaking, it it is a pattern we see that the more um, the more partners you have. And it also depends how safe you're being, whether or not you're using um, mm. condoms um, or whether or not you're, you know, for instance, on prevention for HIV um, with PrEP or, um, you know, th- there's, there's certain vaccines you can get that can prevent getting um, say, for example, HPV um, or hepatitis B. So there's certain things that you can do to prevent getting STIs and that will help regardless of how many partners you have. So um, yeah. that's that's an important factor to take into account. Yeah, well. but, but I even take from what you say there that, that like you could have 20 partners, but you've been, you know, fairly careful. Uh, um, mm-hmm. It's probably better practice than having had maybe two partners and, and being completely reckless. Yeah, and there's just, you know, it's a, it's a matter of luck as well. Some people are just unfortunate and that's mm. it, you know, they're not even being reckless. They can just say, for example, get um, genital HSV1, so herpes type 1, the very first time at their sexual debut because they've never been exposed to cold sore on their lips before. They've never acquired it um, on, on their face and therefore they have no antibodies and they can get it um, the first time they have sex. So there's... There's, you know, there's just unfortunate events that happen and um, for people, regardless, you uh, you know, I don't like using the word reckless and everything <laughs> <laughs> because it can sound really judgmental because some people are just very unlucky. Yeah. Um, you know, and I see other patients who come in to me regularly and they have multiple, multiple partners and and they never get an STI. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that um, it can be a bit of luck, but you, you want to have luck on your side by using as much prevention as possible um you know and, and you know ideally reducing your your sex partner number would also help yeah now do you ask people how many partners they've had is, is that a relevant question it can be like we ask a lot of personal questions but it it is for a good reason sometimes we're doing it to assess um is this person sometimes it could be a young person comes in and they're not very educated about safe sex and we'll ask about how many partners we want to find out if they're particularly vulnerable, if they're taking, you know, sometimes you'll, there'll be coercion into sex. Um, sometimes it's, it can be for other reasons, you know, there could be an underlying mental health disorder, it could be drugs and alcohol involved, you know, so we try to be holistic in our approach so it's not just very, you know, you have an STI or not. Mm. And we try to look at the person as a whole and see 
um, if there's other issues going on. And it might be, just be that they're having fun and they're sex positive and they're uh, so we want to sort of ascertain that element too and also ascertain if sometimes we'll advise, look, I think you should maybe consider, um, you know, going getting this particular vaccine would, would be, you know, good for you or pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV would be good for you. So we do, we don't, you know, it depends on the circumstances, depends on the person. Um, and, you know, sometimes we'll ask other questions like, have you ever had an STI before in the past or what the age of sexual debut was, things like that. But they're always to get um, a more holistic picture of the person sat in front of you. And it can be really nerve wracking experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it's something that we're well used to doing. People come into us every day with um, all sorts of problems. There's were totally unflappable and unshockable and there's nothing we won't have heard before and you know they're just generally delighted at the end of the consultation to actually have got some issues off their chest because it can be really sort of stressful and often by the time they come in to see me they've done a lot of worrying in the background and a lot of googling and sleepless nights and eventually they pluck up the courage to book in to see myself or some other doctor and and you know when they come in and realize we're just a human and we're not there to shout or judge and just find out what's what's the best thing for them and they usually come away from it very relaxed and happy So, and and this survey found, and again, it was people over the age of 35, but the, the, mm-hmm. the, the one finding seemed to be that if, you know, a prospective partner had 20 partners or more, that they would, a majority would view that as a red flag. For Does 20 sound like a lot to you, especially for somebody who's in their mid to late 30s? Yeah, I mean, it's such a personal thing. Um, I think there's no universally accepted or specific number. It's down to lots of things like, um, person's values, their morals, their cultural background, their religious background and their own personal opinion. So there's many factors that come into it. So, you know, 20 might seem a lot for someone and it might seem a little for another person. Um, you know, you could have someone who um, is 17, their age of sexual debut, that's sort of the average, 17, 18 in Ireland, and they might not be out having a different one night stand every night. They might just have you know, go from relationship to relationship. Maybe those relationships last five or six months. And um, by the time they're 27, 30, they've, they've racked up 20 partners, um, mm. but all within the construct of a relationship. Um, and then you could have someone who, you know, goes on a, a weekend of a group sex orgy and racks up 20 in a weekend. So, you know, that number's very... Um, it doesn't, it's just a very flat number. It doesn't, it isn't nuanced enough to sort of, you know, I think there's more value to be placed on a person, not by the number, but something like, you know, the reasons they're doing it. Um, you know, is it that they are particularly sex positive and have a high sex driver? Is it just circumstance that they didn't have this, you know, they didn't meet the one and they didn't have a really long term relationship? I think, you know, finding out that number from a partner can lead to, you know, unhealthy comparisons between them and it can lead to jealousy and insecurity. So you, you want to find out the reason that you, you're trying to know the number of your partner. Yeah. And if it's, you know, it could be a bonding thing. It could be that you're sharing funny experiences. So I think it has to be done in a position of trust between um, the partners and for good reason. So they've said in that survey, you know, they would like to know about, um, they'd be worried about someone's sexual health. So I think that's a healthier conversation to have with someone would be, have you ever had an STI screener? Have you ever been with someone who had an STI? Um, and, you know, that is is a more mature 
developed way of looking at it than just what you know what, what's your what's your body count as they call it um, so it's very <laughs> you know it's very individual um and and you know I, I don't I think if you're giving away your number it has to be in a position of, of trust because and there also can be a sexual double standard for men and women mm. you know where it can be seen you know it, it, I, I accept in society still can be seen that in a higher number for men is more acceptable than for women so you know you have to be careful when talking about your number um you know who you're talking about it to and, and how much that'll be judged and it could be that you know the the guy you're with for example if you're a female um and heterosexual that he was in one long-term relationship and that's just circumstance and luck but you know if he wasn't in that he might have had more partners than you so you know sometimes you can see it lead to insecurities in relationships where, where the numbers are a bit uneven yes. um so i think it's i think it's important to dig deeper rather than just the number and to look at the circumstances and why and i think you know things like do they have an issue with commitment was there an underlying emotional issue um were they just lonely and looking for love was there drugs and alcohol was there mental health issues like why does a person have a particular high body count and is it just that they enjoy sex and they're liberal and and you know all of that's okay as long as it it matches with your values and what you want or want in a person yeah. i think just judging yeah just judging the number is a bit basic Ashling, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was Dr. Ashling Loy, a consultant in genitourinary medicine at St. James's Hospital. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.